0: Hi, I'm Macy Peters. I'm a singer-songwriter from the UK. Uh, here with Tim
1: Blackwell. Well, hello. Welcome to the next episode of Introducing How'd You Go With Conrad Sewell and the Masterclass in Pop Music in Australia. As I said, pop music, my microphone just popped music And special guest, Ricky Lee. That was nice. Well, here we are with someone who you would think at the age of 22 would be kind of new to the whole thing. But no, Maisie Peters has been in the business for 10 years. That's right. She started busking in Brighton. Now she's performing at stadiums around the world with her best mate, Ed Sheeran. Yes, I know. Um, she's chatting to us from Adelaide Eyeball, about to go on stage uh, for the second last kind of tour of Australia with this massive tour. She's a supported Ed Sheeran in every country around the world on this tour. So it doesn't get much bigger than this. For Maisie Peters, we'll chat about her new album, The Good Witch, which comes out June 16. She's a fun girl. She's very talented. If you if you saw her, um, like many many hundreds and hundreds of thousands of us did on this Ed Sheeran Mathematics tour. You would know she's full of beans. Here is my chat with Maisie Peters. Enjoy. Lift the it you were in Adelaide on what is this, the, the last kind of leg of your Mega stadium <laughs> tour in Australia and New Zealand. I mean, I, I saw you in Sydney and I thought to myself, wow, you are pretty confident to be up there in front of that many people. Do you remember the first moment you played in front of a stadium?
0: Yes, I do. I was in Dublin. Uh, it was this time last year, really, a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit from that. Uh, and I played in Croke Park. It was the first night of tour with Ed. And we played in Croke Park, which was actually the largest stadium of that tour when it was the first one. Um, and it was crazy. I just remember thinking, saying to all my friends, I was like, I don't think anyone sounds here. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, no one has told me how to do this. I don't really understand <laughs> how I'm going to do it. And everyone was like, oh, I don't know. And no one could really tell. Also, not even edit that. I mean, it was, it was the first time we'd all played on that stage. It was sort of the, in the round and the way it's built. I was like, I don't know how to do this. And I had a sound check, but it was, you know, it was like a couple of minutes. Mm. I just remember sort of walking up and going on stage and being like, well, I guess off we go. Like, I guess... I'll just work it out and work it out again.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, generally, everyone does best under pressure, I think. You know, you you do 60. Does pressure make you rise to the top? Or there's a saying about pressure. But anyway, I I think you know it by now. But I mean, but the Sydney and and Melbourne shows, especially the MCG, I mean, Ed Ed even broke records at the MCG. What was the feeling that night in front of 105,000, then just backed it up to 107,000 people after that?
0: (laughs) It was so cool. You know what? It was the show was so fun, but Mm. it was. Actually, almost more fun to be part of something like that and to be part of history. And the just the energy backstage and around those two days was so electric and it was so cool Mm -hmm. to be part of that moment for Australia and and for Ed and for for all of us. Like, I think it was just a really special time. So, yeah, I loved it.
1: Do you ever find that you like you pick three people out and then you just kind of play to them, or are you playing to a sea of black, or have you got any little tricks in your mind? Hopefully, you're not picturing 107,000 people naked. (laughs) No,
0: I'm not. God know um i guess it's funny because most of the time it's in the daylight so i can actually really see you yeah uh, if you're on the front a couple rows warning
1: yeah. <laughs> um but
0: normally i'll sort of there'll be a, there'll be like a few people near the front who are singing along or who look sort of like genuinely really excited to be there uh, or sometimes i'll see like friends of mine um and once you sort of spot your little like groups of people <laughs> in the crowd of little like uh-huh. bases of, of, of cute people then i tend to sort of Focus on
1: them and your energy. Because that was the first time I'd seen you alive. Your your energy is is something else. Like, I mean, for some, I mean, for someone so young to make it about sixty to a hundred thousand people, depending on what city you're performing in, front of, actually sit there and go, oh wow, I'm watching a show here. As opposed to like your energy levels are fantastic. Like you really are commanding that stage. Because in the round, I would assume having not even played on a normal stage, in the round is taking something extra, extra, isn't it?
0: true it's says it's very exposed you're mm. to hide um
1: yeah for the people you're playing to, they're also seeing the back of you <laughs>
0: yeah. and it's this huge space i mean it's open air it's broad daylight yeah. uh there's no back to the stage so it does take a lot of energy definitely and a lot of the energy has to come from uh yourself because the crowd is so it's so sort of um huge but also there's so much space it's not like a, a normal venue with a ceiling where you mm. can possibly sort of Energy is sort of created and contained and, and sort of, sort of circ- circulates. It's not really like that. So definitely it takes a lot of, a lot of self uh, energizing. <laughs>
1: Self-energizing. I like it. Now, tell us, though, so you're growing up in West Sussex. Now, for someone listening in Australia, is that a musical part of town? Like, I I got to find out that The Cure and Fatboy Slim are from West Sussex or the Sussex area. I'm not sure how big Sussex is. West Sussex.
0: I knew about about Fatboy Slim. I did not know about The Cure, which is interesting. Well, unless Um, that's just an
1: internet rumor. (laughs)
0: Maybe it's, I mean, I'm going to Google it after this. Um, I mean, I'm from like a really small town near Brighton, which is on the coast, and then I'm from, or um, I grew up for most of my life in yeah, a very small town, sort of cows and sheep and, <laughs> and buses and one school and and one shop and all of those things. Um, and yeah, that's where I grew up. But I also, Brighton was my closest city and Brighton's amazing, sort mm-hmm. of a beach town. Um, and crucially in Brighton, uh, I think it's the only place in the UK where you don't need a license to busk. So uh-huh. I was a busker when I was sort of 14, 15, 16, I would say. Um, and that was one of the many ways in which I cut my teeth. I mean, I done a lot of things back then, but that was one of them.
1: I was going to say because you are very young, but then when I look into your like, like you, you sang in a choir. Um, you released your first single independently in 2017. Tell me if I'm getting any of this wrong. Like you, you've you fit a lot in. I mean. Um, what, what what was the first song that you played as a busker? Was it an original or did you were you a covers girl just to start things off or was it a nice little mixture of both?
0: I think it was a mixture of both. <laughs> I would just sing for like two or three hours because the thing about busking is the most awkward part is setting up or packing down because everyone's staring at you. Yeah. So once you start, you're just like, well, I'm just going to keep going then. I don't want to pack down. Yeah. So I would sing pretty much just anything. I had like a list of covers. I would sing originals sometimes, I guess. Just sort of anything. and I would take requests. Um, I would sing outside the children's library, and then I would sing Disney songs so the kids (laughs) would dance. I really did anything. And I also did like uh, cider festivals, like Christmas fairs, school proms. Um, I literally just did sort of anything, working men's clubs, anything.
1: Wow. Okay. So would that be your advice to, to, to young players listening now? It doesn't matter if you, because I, I, I know a few young musos who feel that they shouldn't start performing until they've got, you know, a big collection of, like, maybe it sounds to me like you're saying just get out there and do it all. Sing outside libraries, sing outside proms.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to wait.
1: Oh, yeah. There you go. You're a professional professional Zoom interview person. Congratulations. This is great.
0: Um, (laughs) I guess I was just so young. like I didn't really know any different, which I'm glad about. It's good. That's a good thing about you. So I did, yeah. I mean, I just did anything. I did open mics. I did competitions. I did did pubs. I did uh, New Year's Eve gigs. Um, My local town had a live lounge night every month where I would sing with bat like i had a band like i did so much and i sort of always joke that like i'm now you know i'm i'm very much still at the start of my career i've got one album now i've got a mm-hmm. second coming and i'm very very much the beginning but also arguably if i started writing music when i was 12 and now i'm 22 um i am also 10 years in which is crazy <laughs> yes. and, like, i think that there's something to be said for like doing a lot and thinking it's so easy, especially nowadays with the internet, to think everything counts and everything matters so much mm. because I guess everything's filmed and recorded. But mm. also, it is good to know that I did like 12 to 17, that's five years. Of, I just learned and I just built upon my skill and I became a better writer and a better singer and all those things. But mm. that was all that was. It was just learning.
1: With the internet, and and I mean, you can kind of, you could release something after this chat if you wanted to, and hundreds of thousands of people would hear it in a day. Um, how, how did you feel? I mean, I talked quickly about the fact that you released your first single in 2017, but then when your debut album came out in 2021, what was the thinking behind that? Was that a long process or did you just get a, a collection of work that was important to you at that moment to get it out as quickly as you could?
0: I mean, no, it was, it was important for sure. I, I believe very much in albums and in debut albums. And it was important that mine felt, uh, special to me, uh, and to other people. So I, but like, I've been writing for years and years. And when it came down to sort of collecting that album, almost it wasn't really writing it. It was collecting it. I really, I, it was sort of just a process of what feels like an important first statement. And I love that album still. And it's funny. There are songs that, I wish I'd added, there are songs that I wouldn't put on it now, but also it was exactly, ref- it was a, it was a good reflection of who I was at the time and, and what I believed in and what I, and what I loved. And there are still songs on that album that I'll always love and I'll always play mm-hmm. and I'll always think as some of my best work. So it's, yeah, it's, it, it
1: sounds it, to me as a debut album is almost like, kind of like a wedding photo. There's some people in that photo that you would certainly cut out, but as long as you love most of the people still in that photo, then you're doing a good thing.
0: That's a great analogy. I've never had that before. For that. <laughs>
1: So let's talk about second album then because obviously first album and 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 you're signed to Ed Sheeran's uh Gingerbread Man Records. Well, let me ask you about that first. Like how how did that happen? How did that start? Was was Ed walking through Brighton and saw you bask, or how did the relationship with Ed begin?
0: No, um we had some mutual friends and some mutual collaborators. Um and I think he heard some of my music and he liked it and he got in touch and asked if I wanted to write with him which obviously said yes to it was very scary um so i went up to his place in suffolk and we did a few days writing we actually wrote a couple songs that made it to my first album um and we just really got on uh, as people and as musicians and obviously i have a huge amount of respect and and love for him before i really knew him um and it was just sort of a no-brainer that we decided we wanted to work together more um and he asked if i wanted to i was signed to atlantic and he asked if i wanted to sort of Jumped to gingerbread and obviously I accepted and said yes. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, we uh, that was a few years ago now and we've yeah. been working closely ever since. And I love him. He's, yeah, he's, it's really, it's like family and I'm very lucky to have his support.
1: So the Good Witch is uh, out in June. Um, uh, how was that a collaborative um, piece of work as well? Or is this completely personal for you?
0: I mean, I wrote with others. I was, it yeah. was collaborative and its, in its, uh, Sort of, I guess uh, it can be
1: collaborative and personal, I guess, uh, having listened to my question back in my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's also very personal. It's probably the most uh, personal uh, body of music I put out. It's It sort of really just depicts the last year of my life. Um, and I wrote it within that year, um, really in November 2021 to November 2022. And, yeah, it depicts the year of my life. It's sort of a breakup album. It's sort of a... Um, sort of one step on from a coming of age album, I would say. It's it's an album of someone who who sort of discovered what it was like to to be, to, to it's sort of, yeah, it's definitely a post, it's a post album, one album, which makes sense. But I, I was touring, I was traveling, I was becoming a sort of more of the person I wanted, you want to be when you're, you know, when you're 18, 19. And when I was making my first album, so yeah, it's it's a collection of those things.
1: So we, I mean, we're just talking at the start about these huge shows you've been doing here, but there's obviously been some downtime as well in between these shows. How have you spent your time uh, in Australia or how do you spend your time on tour? Because I would say, that is it. Is it sometimes a bit lonely to have be, be sitting in front of a hundred thousand people and then four hours later being in your hotel room on your own?
0: <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so many hotel albums are made. Uh,
1: yes.
0: yeah. I, that was actually my one goal for making my second album was that I refused to make what I call like a hotel album where yeah. everyone makes, which is so easily done because believe yes. you like. You go on you make your first album, and you go and tour it, and you're like, "I'm so lonely and sad in my hotel room," which is unfortunately the least relatable thing anyone has ever said.
1: Yes, yeah. And I don't
0: make music for me. Well, I, I do make music for me, but I make music for the other people too, and yeah. not everyone wants to hear about me being sad. I hate Hollywood.
1: being lonely in Paris. Boo. Yeah,
0: it's like get a grip, get a grip. Um <laughs> uh, no, there has been. I mean, yeah, it's I tour with my best friends. I'm I'm really lucky, so that's been cool, and we've done some fun things. Like went to the Barrier Reef, saw some rainforests. I mean. Um, I do hear. Do?
1: I, I hear my friend Louis took you on the Bondi to Bronte walk. How was that? Was that all yes, right?
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> really funny that you know Louis. Yeah, Louis showed up. You can um, tell him that he showed up uh, in all the same clothes he'd been wearing the night yes, before. Um, I did know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was that was good. <laughs> Louis? So he did do at least half of that walk uh, yeah. in his black jeans. Yeah, um, perfect. <laughs> for, him, for him, he looked super happy to be there. Super. Yeah, yeah, super pleased yeah. He made that plan. I'm me? sure he'd, he'd
1: really day. add to the experience for you to take in all the beautiful. Yeah, night nature yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah he was really glad that we actually <laughs> followed through on that plan um, <laughs> yes but i did do that walk
1: yeah
0: uh it was really cool it was really cool yeah i mean australia is crazy because you're like in uh, one of the biggest cities and you, there's a beach and like yeah. surfers and. It's very
1: cool. I think, I think, yeah, English people, we, we, you can like when we, it's the same if we go to London, we can walk into a pub and feel like we belong straight away. That feels like, I mean, maybe not a beach for you guys, but a pub or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: for sure. Um, well, so,
1: so what's next? Um, what, what's the plan when you leave Australia? What, what's the, the, the next big thing in the calendar apart from the, from the second album release, The Good Witch, June 16? Um, what's the next big thing? Or is the next big thing for you no big things and just taking a bit of time to rest?
0: I, no, I mean, we're leaving Australia and we're going to Asia and we're doing a few shows there yeah. uh, in Tokyo and Singapore. I'm going to Manila and Jakarta. Um, and then we're going home. Um, and then we've got a couple of cool things. And then I'm on tour in the UK. Um, okay. And then and I'll be playing some of my my biggest shows that I played in the UK. Um, I'm playing a show in Brighton, um, which would be sort of like my hometown show, which is there in Brighton Dome, which is where I grew up going to all the gigs. So that's going to be really fun.
1: Are you going to busk in your old busking spot? Just just a little pop up busking. You know how some, sure. like stand up comedians, like, like you know Dave Chappelle comes to town, just does a pop up. Like will you do a pop up busk? <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Seems cheesy, <laughs> yeah. but it wouldn't, never say never,
1: never, never say never. never. Well, it's been so lovely to speak to you. You're about to go on stage in Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. Everyone in Adelaide loves Adelaide Oval. They're obsessed by that Oval. It's mm-hmm. like they love their stadium more than, I mean, look, Melbourne love the MCG, I'll give them that, but there's something about Adelaide, they love that Oval. So you say pres- that
0: is so funny. Okay, I'll keep that in mind.
1: You respect that oval, Maisie. Okay, I will.
0: <laughs> Me in the oval like this.
1: And before I let you go, this is a question without notice, but it's this, the podcast is called Introducing. So I'd love it if you could introduce us to someone maybe you're listening to or that you love at the moment.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, I would, I love right now the new Samia album. Uh, she's this American indie artist. Uh, the album is called Honey. Yep. and uh, myself and all my band have been listening to it all tour, and she's amazing. She's so cool,
1: unreal. Well, it looks so lovely to speak to you. Thanks so much for giving us the time again, especially before a big show tonight. Um, we've we've loved seeing you. I loved seeing you live. It was it was unbelievable. You're you're an incredible performer. I love your music, and good luck with album two, The Good Witch, out June 16.
0: Hey, thanks very much. Live-